This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, October 30th. I'm Julia Caulfield. And I'm Gavin McGough. In today's headlines, Measuring Up the Ballot, Issue 4B. A very special year in review. VCA expansion hits soil snag. And a mountain weather forecast. But first, Telluride lost a member of its community this weekend. Norman Turpin was found dead in his ski ranch's home on Friday evening. Turpin long called the area home, and he lived a quiet life, tending to his plants, traveling, and working for many years at the peaks. Turpin was 66 years old and appears to have been alone at the time of death. The case is under investigation. On Mondays, in the run-up to the November election, KOTO News is covering this year's ballot initiatives. This week, we have a profile on ballot measure 4B, which asks voters if the town of Rico should be annexed into the Telluride R1 school district. This ballot measure is asking that the Rico area be detached from Dolores County School District and annexed into Telluride School District. That's Madeline Tangway, Yes for Rico School Kids Issue Committee member. In Colorado, students are not required to go to their home district school through a program called School Choice. Currently, the town of Rico is part of the Dolores County School District with a home district school in Dove Creek but the majority of students from RICO attend school in Telluride. However, they're not guaranteed a spot. Based on things like class size and staffing, the Telluride School District could tell out-of-district students they don't have the capacity to accept their enrollment. There was a situation in the 2022-23 school year where a RICO family received a letter from Telluride School District saying that one of their children may not be admitted into Telluride schools due to capacity concerns. If RICO was to join the Telluride School District, students living in RICO would be guaranteed a space in Telluride schools. In order for RICO to join the Telluride School District, voters in both the Telluride and Dolores County School Districts must approve the measure. Telluride School District residents will be voting on Measure 4B, and Dolores County School District residents, including RICO currently, will be voting on Ballot Measure 5A. If it does not pass in one of the school districts, it will not pass overall. If the measure passes, it would go into effect in July 2024 for the 2024-2025 school year. Because of school choice, RICO students would still not be required to attend Telluride schools. RICO kids would still have the choice to choice into other school districts, such as perhaps the town of Dolores. Um, But the majority of RICO school kids do already attend Telluride schools. When it comes to financial implications, Tangway makes it clear that residents will not see any tax increases as a result of the measure. There are a lot of ballot measures this November that involve tax increases, and this is not one of them. Um, The other thing is that Telluride already gets 
per pupil funding because the majority of RICO students already attend here. So Dove Creek, Dolores County Schools would not be losing any of that because it already comes here to Telluride. She adds the potential detachment and annexation of RICO into the Telluride School District only impacts the school district lines. This is not affecting county boundaries. I know that that is a little bit of a confusing piece as well and perhaps a concern for some voters. But if 4B and 5A do pass, RICO will still be a part of Dolores County. It's really only the school district boundaries that will be detached and annexed to Telluride School District. For Tangway, the aim of the measure is to give RICO students a sense of belonging in the community. Living in RICO is amazing. And we also feel like we're sort of in limbo on many things um, because we are very far away from our county seat where the only Dolores County schools are located. And we're just much closer geographically to Telluride. We have a lot of things in common with Telluride. So I think that's the biggest piece of this, just wanting RICO kids to never have to worry about whether or not they will be able to come to school here. Proposition 4B appears on the ballot in this November's election. Ballots have been mailed out and are due in drop boxes by 7 p.m. on November 7th. To find all of Kodo's election coverage, go to koto.org. There's always something to do in Telluride. Each year, the Commission for Community Assistance, Arts, and Special Events compiles a list of events taking place in town, and in 2023, that list has made for a packed calendar. There is just over 100 events on Case Calendar, and 41 of them occurred on town property this year. So that's almost half of the events that are happening in town are happening on town property. That's Telluride Special Events Coordinator Amanda Baltzley presenting a debrief of 2023 events at town council last week. Those 41 public events which occur on town property are considered special events. Baltzley explains these are further broken down into three categories. There are major events with over 3,000 attendees, minor events with fewer than 1,000, and the medium category for everything falling in between. 31 of the year's special events, Baltzley says, were minor. So that's the vast majority of our events are under 1,000 people. Um, so we had seven medium and three major. Our organization type, we have mostly nonprofits that we work with. Most special events return year after year, but there were a few new ones in 2023. One of them was led by Town Itself, a festival in Town Park following the annual 4th of July parade. Town manager Scott Robson reports the day was a success. And we will absolutely be doing it again in 2024. We've built it into this year's budget. Uh, which is an important uh, step as well. And we've had some really um, great conversations with uh, the Telluride Fire Protection District around mixing in fireworks with what we think will be some additional types of displays at night. So uh, more to come on that front. Discussion at council quickly turned to capacity. How many events should Telluride approve? Is there room for more events on town property? Is town staff and the Telluride public in general sagging under the weight of too many festivals? 
For Robson, these questions have no clear answer. I think it's very much in our DNA to to be the host of really, you know, world-class, amazing cultural uh, events personally. And I think this, uh, we've been doing it for 50 years here. Um, so we could take on more. We could certainly uh, ratchet it back and, and make sure we, for example, never have to move an, a soccer match uh, down Valley or, you know, look at it through that kind of lens. Preserving town spaces for the Telluride public to recreate on and otherwise enjoy is important, says council member Geneva Shawnette. But she also recognizes many of 2023 special events were low impact and had great community benefit. Of course, we have our, our medium and larger uh, events that everybody notices and it's impossible to escape their impact. Many, many of our events are not impacting um, or I guess, getting in the way of regular life in town. And I think that they're part of what makes uh, events, intimate events in our community, such an asset um, to the community and to the organizations in our community. Another benefit to the community, money and town coffers. Booking a town venue sometimes comes with fees, which can range from $0 for low-impact nonprofit-led events, such as the Community Trash Bash and the Walk Out of Darkness, to over $220,000 for the Bluegrass Festival's Town Park Takeover. In total, Telluride brought in roughly $400,000 from event fees this year. Councilmember Adrian Christie says she doesn't feel strongly that fees need to be increased, but she does want that number to be more publicly available. I want to know, as a council person and as a member of the public, how much the festivals pay to use my public land. Basically, and that doesn't feel like a big ask, but for some reason, it's taken us a long time to get to this place, and I'm grateful that we've gotten there. Council will continue discussions on event capacity and fee structures going forward, as well as the issue of local ticket sales, a requirement introduced this year for medium and major special events. Mountain Village's expansion of Village Court Apartments has hit a snag. The challenge that we have encountered is, uh, is some surprising conditions with the West Building's soil. That's Michael O'Connor with Triumph Development, the company working alongside Mountain Village on the expansion. The project consists of two buildings, an East Building. Generally, uh, construction on the East Building is going exactly according to plan. Uh, we're, we're on schedule. It will be ready to, it, it, the building will be ready uh, in, in February, which was the original schedule. And a West, where the challenges lie. In total, the expansion will add 38 new units with 88 bedrooms. According to O'Connor, the town of Mountain Village followed all the correct procedure for testing soil quality when it comes to the development. Test borings two and three uh, were done generally in a place that made sense and the places that were accessible. It was on each end of the building and there was man-placed fill down to a depth of six feet. And then at six feet down, it was native soil below that. In test boring three, we encountered uh, fill down to 11 feet, and but native soils after that point. Given how far we were going into the ground, we should uh, the conclusion from those 
the geotechnical report was you should be able to do spread footings, traditional spread footings on recompacted native soil. Unfortunately, O'Connor says when Triumph started mask excavation earlier this summer, they found the rear portion of the building has a large amount of poor man-placed soil, the result of a sewer line running beneath the building. That sewer line also poses a challenge as it provides service for a large portion of Mountain Village. We cannot risk settlement of that with the building's foundations at all. So I'm not comfortable with anything other than anchoring this building into bedrock, which is 50 feet down. With the need for a different foundation, O'Connor says the West Building Foundation will look very similar to the one already going into place for the East Building. That kicked off... uh, several months of a fairly complicated redesign for the foundation. So um, it was it, it has been a considerable challenge to get to this point and redesign that foundation. But we are to a point that we have figured it all out. But a new plan for a foundation also means a new schedule for construction. O'Connor says there are two options. The first would be to keep working throughout the winter, with modular apartments going into place in January. They would need a window of good weather, and there's a price tag that goes along with working in the winter. But the option could have residents ready to move in by early summer. Obviously, there would, if you move people into the building in May, um, they'd be thrilled to have a roof over their head. They would be dealing with a construction project outside for a few months after. And then finally, it w- could create the opportunity to begin collecting revenue on that. And so if with three months of incremental revenue, uh, it could be, as I, I was spitballing it, but $35,000 of, of income that could be picked up compared to the other option. The second option would shut down the construction site in winter and pick up the assembly of the apartments in spring. That would put move-in further down the road, but also remove some risk factors. There are fewer variables out of our control as it comes to weather, deep snow, you know, dealing with intense cold. But for O'Connor, the decision is clear. We're recommending option one. By our estimates, there's, it's $100,000 cheaper. Um, that even if there was additional winter weather impacts, that there's money there to absorb it. Mountain Village Town Council agrees. Here's Mayor Marty Prohaska. It does also the way that we, we get people in there and get this wrapped up. Yep. Um, I think that the residents of VCA will appreciate not living in, in the midst zone. of yeah. a construction zone for the next three months, an extra yeah. many months. The shift in foundation and timeline will require an additional $1 million for the project. With approval of the new foundation and schedule, Mountain Village aims to have construction on the buildings completed in June, with exterior construction and landscaping done by July 2024. A bit of archaeology is taking place on the valley floor this week, but the underground search is not looking for artifacts. It's examining Telluride's sewer line. The Public Works Department, with the assistance of a contractor, is using video footage to assess the condition of the sewer pipeline as it leaves the wastewater plant and heads towards town. The work involves redirecting water through a temporary pipeline to make room for the camera and is taking place along the west end of the bike path, resulting in the path's closure for the duration of the project. Work began last week and is expected to continue through mid-November. The pipeline is some 40 years old, and the work was originally intended to address leaks and seepage in the system. 
However, mineral buildup and puzzling foreign objects ranging from a calculator to flushable wipes to crowbars and chunks of concrete, all found in the pipeline, have complicated the work and will lengthen the project. With the bike path closed, pedestrians and cyclists are asked to seek an alternate route for the duration of the project, or to use extreme caution if traveling in the area outside of work hours. The wait to be on a waitlist is almost over for some who are interested in a studio at the Village Court Apartments. VCA is located in Mountain Village and managed by the town's housing authority. The waitlist for apartments in the 220-unit affordable housing complex closed in 2020 due to high demand. The Mountain Village Housing Authority anticipates a handful of studio apartments becoming available in the future, and those on the existing VCA waitlist are not interested in studios. So the Housing Authority is opening a separate waitlist on Wednesday, November 1st at 10 a.m. for the first 50 applicants. Find more information at townofmountainvillage.com. Today, Monday, was the last day to mail in your ballot for this year's election. Going forward, the Colorado Secretary of State's office says voters should use official drop boxes to ensure their ballots are counted. Here in San Miguel County, you can drop those ballots in Telluride at the Miramonte Building on Main Street. And in Norwood, you can go to the Glockson Building at 1120 Summit Street. In-person voting in Telluride began on Monday at the County Annex on Main Street. In-person voting is offered in Norwood on Election Day at the Town Hall. All ballots must be received by 7 p.m. on Election Day, November 7th. Statewide, about 260,000 ballots have been returned as of Friday. Head to KOTO's elections webpage for key dates and resources. The federal government has released a new draft management plan for the Colorado River over the next few years. KUNC's Alex Hager explains the document accounts for last year's wet winter. Between that big winter boost and a proposed conservation plan, western water managers might not have to make any big decisions about cutting back on water use until 2026. They've spent much of the last few years in emergency mode, trying to prop up Lake Powell and Lake Mead. This update shows how strong snowmelt has brought down the risk of major infrastructure problems at the nation's two largest reservoirs. It also considers a proposed water conservation plan from California, Arizona, and Nevada that could keep 3 million acre-feet of extra water in the river in exchange for federal infrastructure money. Those water cutbacks would last until 2026, when states face a deadline to come up with broader, more permanent water reductions. I'm Alex Hager. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for a clear night tonight with a low near 20 degrees. Tuesday should bring sunny skies with a high near 45 degrees, followed by a mostly clear night with a low around 25. Wednesday, expect sun with a high in the mid-40s, followed by another clear night with a low around 30 degrees. This has been the news for Monday, October 30th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.